0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. Terry Fauna has been pretty clear about what his
1: vision is for the team, but
0: what if that dude took a pivot?
1: And the Hawks lost to the Grizzlies, yes, but a big in his backup got a win on Sunday. And last but not least, and for the culture,
0: Ken Griffey out here still getting paid? That's all coming up next, right here on ATL Day Ones. let Let's go!
1: This is ATL Day 1s, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: Want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day 1s is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. But T, when you think about all of the news that's coming down, owners' meetings going down, and all the situations and stuff they're talking about with rule changes and everything. But I think this is probably the biggest news to come out now. you know Lamar Jackson has been very strategic, you know, <laughs> with, with, without an agent, you know, there's certain things that he's been limited on as far as him being able to do as a, as a player representing himself. But I think this dude's playing a little chess. So he tweeted out right before, uh, John Harbaugh was, was set to speak at the owners meetings that, Hey, he requested a trade back on March the 2nd. <laughs> and he was saying basically saying farewell to the fans and I appreciate you all and all this stuff. And last and he ended it off with, hey, join my uh my fans um uh, fan subscriber page. And you know, so we can kind of keep up with each other. But I think all of this kind of makes sense because we know how the situation with the the financials have been going with these negotiations yeah. or or non-negotiations uh between these two. But I think that you know Terry Fontenot has been very clear about what his vision is for this team, right, with Taylor Heineke coming out saying, hey, I'm the backup, and, and with uh, Terry Fontenot continuing being very consistent as far as how he feels about Desmond Ritter as a player. But what if we hear reports or we hear that the Falcons are interested in pursuing a trade for Lamar Jackson? would that be something that would kind of turn you off about this organization or would you like okay they are really trying to go for it
1: yeah i'd be okay with it because we've seen terry Fontenot and arthur smith be calculatedly aggressive and what i mean by that is not aggressive in overpaying at any position yeah maybe by a million or two if that's how you think because i've heard some people say that about what they gave jesse bates and even what they gave caleb mcgarry although that was still a steal right (laughs) at the the end of the day but ultimately drivers they still didn't break the bank on jesse Mm -hmm. Bates. they still did not break the bank on caleb mcgarry and that's why i said calculated aggressiveness calculated risk lamar jackson has a calculated risk now, depends on what comes to the table as far as what the Ravens are going to ask for. That's still questionable, right? It still depends as because we're pretty deep into free agency at this point. So that might dictate some things. But ultimately, what does a conversation hurt, Travis? What does a conversation with Lamar Jackson or the Ravens organization hurt? Because you tell me if you have an opportunity at a quarterback, a former MVP, although I know that he's been injury riddled ever since then. But right. if you have a shot at somebody who's a bit more proven, how do you not go after him? Not how do you not have a conversation about it at least?
0: Wow, I mean that is a That's the that's the that's the, the thirty what two hundred and fifty million dollar question. T um, when you think about it. So, but I, I'm I'm I come from the standpoint of like this. Okay, like you went through the whole process and evaluated him last year. That's Ritter. that is. Mm-hmm. And you went through this whole thing about what you're looking for, exactly the type of player that he is. And, and you really feel confident that he's going to be the guy who you drafted him to be in the third round with a 74th overall pick. Like my whole thing is like this, like when, when that's how you feel and he hasn't done anything to change those feelings, I feel like you should stay the course because like like you have a lot of needs, obviously. Yeah. And That's why they were one of the more active teams in free agents because right. they had so many holes to fill. Yeah. So, you know, unless they went out and got Deron Payne and doggone whatever wide receiver that they were targeting, you know, which is a kind of a weak market, but and you started to see them really going out there being super aggressive. Then Lamar Jackson kind of makes sense, like you said. They were calculated. They're being calculated with this thing, not not looking to overpay a guy and bringing a guy back like Caleb McGarry and paying him eleven million dollars and you know not paying him like a top end right tackle right. those mm-hmm. are some of the things that tell me like hey we're trying to build something here we're yeah. trying to build for the long term and I think that I'm okay with that I, but mm-hmm. like you said Lamar Jackson is enticing like I'm a mug. Like uh
1: yeah, you year. at least have <laughs> like, to have like, the conversation because yeah. I think you're going to get the question over and over again whether yeah. that's from the media or your fan base to have a conversation or to inquire doesn't hurt anything you could still stay where you've been since you inserted Desmond Ritter into the QB1 spot And I'd still be perfectly okay with that. But if the question is whether or not it changes things even slightly. Well, yeah, because you at least have to have a conversation with him or with that organization or a conversation with yourselves to be prepared to tell both the media and your fan base why you chose not to go after him at all.
0: Yeah, I I think that. And we know Arthur Smith and Terry Fondo would be more than willing to answer those questions. Yes. Specifically <laughs> Arthur Smith. because oh, We know, God, his, yes. we know his, his get down when it comes to answering certain questions and, and quote unquote false narratives and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think I think this this would be interesting. But um, from a standpoint of. Realistically, them, uh, realistically, I'm just like, all right, man. Let's kind of move on from Lamar. Let's get focused on the draft, and let's try to figure out what's going on. Speaking of the draft, T, we are literally one month away from the, from the draft right now. Like, oh my God, this is this is crazy. Like, it, it, it is getting real. And you know how I was last year when I had it, when I hit my football head because I was so excited about the draft here. But yeah, it is is well on its way for twenty twenty three. And I think something that Terry Farno said was pretty interesting when it comes mm-hmm. to building out the back end. We already yeah. always talk about the first and second round picks, right? Mm-hmm. But and I think even uh, Farno even made a uh, in that interview as well. He brought mm-hmm. up something about the eighth round, meaning the eighth, the undrafted mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, those, we know how yeah. important those guys are, and as far as building out a complete roster. But here's um Terry Farno. With our own, uh, with one of our uh, one of our good uh, good colleagues in T- um, Tori McHane, talking about you know filling out that roster with those guys to to get where they need to be. Leading up to the draft, that's this process where no one's working harder than the the scouts, the coaches, and really digging and finding players, and us spending time with them, going out and working out players, and cleaning up divisions.
1: Yeah, I love him saying that because what he's doing is he's setting you up to understand that even if, and follow me on this one because you know this hurts my whole heart to say, but even if (laughs) they don't go after an edge rusher at eight, what Terry Fontenot is saying is he's proven to you that he can get some gems later on. And so not saying, you know, third, fourth, or fifth round with an edge rusher, but this is a deep class. This is a deep class. So at the 44, if you decided, if you got an offer that you couldn't refuse for that eight spot. And that takes you all the way down to, I don't know, Jarvis 17 Mm -hmm. or you give away the pick completely and it nets you so much in draft capital next year, or even for free agency, whatever the case may be, you've got 44 and you can still bump up from 44 and potentially maybe it's not a Will Anderson, or maybe it's not a Jalen Carter or Miles Murphy, but there are some other gems. There are some other potential game changers. Yeah, it's some, it
0: definitely some game changers down there because we think about you know a, a guy like Akeel and a Keon white who you probably can get at that seventeen. Yeah. people won't be looking at you crazy. I know I wouldn't. Like if you get a guy like that in that in that spot, mm-hmm. I think that'll be something that'll be good for the Falcons. And they'll yes. be able to have a guy in there that you know that can be versatile and can get to the passer and you know be able to get, uh, well do well against the run also. Now, T. We know about the NFL draft and everything. There's another mm-hmm. thing that's coming up like literally yeah. this week. The Atlanta Braves' first opening day is Thursday, T, March the 30th. they going to kick that bad boy off up in Washington against the Nationals. It should be a dub. You know, Max Freed going to be on the mound. But uh, one guy that we found out over the weekend that's not going to be on the mound is Kyle Wright. Yeah. He's on ILT. You know, he had the cortisone shot in his shoulder. So mm-hmm. he's been dealing with that. So. The Braves are, are taking it slow, and they're going to uh, allow him to kind of, you know, continue to ramp up and build up his arm strength. And they're going to bring in the two rookies who we've been talking about, Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster. They're going to get their first starts within the first few games of the season. I mean, I think this just kind of goes to what we've been talking about, T. It seems like every time Braves have an issue with injuries, they always
1: got answers. Indeed. I I mean, it's unbelievable. And here's the good thing. If you're going to have to insert rookies and if you're going to have to lose a 21 game winner from the previous season, do it at the beginning of a season. Do it at the beginning of a season. That to me is probably the most positive aspect of this. Of course, excited for Schuster, excited for Dylan Dodd, I can only imagine what Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd are feeling right now. Oh, yes. But also yes. you look at the schedule and they've got the Nats they will be on the road, but it's still the Nats. So that's winnable if you have to insert them for that series, which potentially I believe Schuster might be inserted in that he series. Will, and then you've got the cards be. after and uh, Dodd will be inserted into that series. And hopefully if you can get through that kind of cycle so to speak and maybe kind of get through with the padres that's probably your toughest next opponent but at least you'll be at home doing it i think that it bodes well for the braves that they've got more than enough weapons to get through this period until they get kyle right back on the mound
0: yeah it's i mean Factual statement. These are the facts of the case. <laughs> we start talking about a roster being loaded. I know the Braves probably a little skeptical about having to use those guys this early. Yeah. But like you said, they've pitched well. They've shown well. And and Kyle Wright said something I thought that was kind of profound as well. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that you know he felt comfortable making his decision. You know, for the team essentially, yes. and, and taking his time, and mm-hmm. because he knows that those yeah. guys Schuster and and um, Dodd. They showed they pitched really well and they yes. earned a, a chance at getting a, a start you know, to start off the season. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be very interesting how these youngsters go. And I, I'm looking, I'm excited about how what they are, what their capabilities are. Because, like you said, Alex Antopolis out here making moves, making moves. And speaking of making moves, how about those bigs for the Atlanta Hawks? They didn't get the dub. But man, Oyeka and Clint, I hear We'll talk about that next. But first, we gotta talk about Fandu.com slash locked on because it is the number one sports book in America. You guys walk rock, rock with us each and every day on ATL Day Ones because we are the number one podcast. That's why y'all come check us out and make us your first listen. So how about you go ahead and get the with the number one sports book? That's FanDuel. And you know, guess what? They got something for new customers, and it's right there waiting just for you. They're gonna get up to thousand dollars. And bonus bets back if you lose your first bet. So, hey, if you go out there and you don't make the right decisions and you up here picking, you know, the the, the big dogs in March Madness to uh, to get it to the Final Four, you're probably looking a little crazy right now. Fanduel got you covered. And you can also even combine all your bets to get a same-game parlay. So, it's no reason for you not to go there right now. You can jump on the man, money line, the total, the over-under. They got you covered. So, go there right now, fanduelcom slash lockdown on and take advantage of the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars make every moment more and make sure that fanduel.com is the one that you check out yes
1: and like you said jarvis tough loss for the hawks last night 123 to 119 against memphis so of course the grizzlies get the season series sweep and the hawks fall below 500 so yeah not a good night not a good night But there were a couple of things and we'll just get the bad out of the way so we can spend some time on the good, because I really feel like the good that we are going to talk about has been the good that we've kind of been talking about for a minute now. And I like the fact that we have that kind of continuity. Right. Right. But one of the things that was a little unsettling was the bad. And you can look at it as a macrocosm, like the whole weekend getting ejected on Saturday, did Trey Young or the things he did late in the fourth quarter where he heaved up a logo three and hadn't had a logo trade kind of day and fouled John Morant subsequently. And just so many little things that just went wrong where it was really just kind of like, come on, now it's a head scratcher. You're, you're the leader of the team. Like you've got to be able to make the smart decisions, use your basketball IQ in those situations.
0: Yeah, and I've been saying that even in the win against the uh, Indiana Pacers before mm-hmm. he got ejected, it was kind of like, man, what are you doing, Trey? Like, those are some of the – and, you know, teams have been keying in on him in late oh, in games yeah. as well. Yes, like, whoever's yes. got gar- Trey's guarding, oh, he's getting the rock. And it's yes. one of those old-school Michael Jordan kind of like cuff the ball like this and be like, y'all get out the way. Y'all know what time it is right here. I got this. This is me right here. I'm going to go ahead and take advantage. So, yeah, it's been – it's been – and, and DeJounte has kind of been like that, too, but more so mm-hmm. Trey. And, yes. and you would think that he kind of dribbles himself into a certain situations and like kind mm-hmm. of get caught up. And, and then, you know, with him not being that big of a guard, you know, guys are, are getting, getting getting the upper hand on him when Indeed. he does those things. And their teams have been trapping and trapping and trapping and trapping. Yes. trapping. It sound like a Jeezy song to you. I'm talking about. That's all you. Hear, that's all you see in, late in the games when <laughs> when when teams get down or or they're up and they're trying to gain a lead and put some pressure on the Hawks. They just start trapping Trey and get the ball out of his hands and see what can happen. And I think that for the most part, that's been working out in these teams' favor.
1: It has. And you mentioned you made a good point in mentioning Dejounte Murray because when you're having to kind of be a player and a half because he's got to take at least half to three quarters of that defensive load for the backcourt for the Hawks. It Indeed. does it does really start to eventually impede your play. So some of the struggles we've seen him have as a two-way player where some nights he might have a good night on offense, but just be average on defense or vice versa. Well, when you're having to kind of make up for those mistakes or try to cover them up like we've seen of late in late games, yeah, you're, you're not going, that whoever has to guard you is going to be like, okay, we've worn him out for three, three and a half quarters. Now it's time for us to go at them both. And when you know that you can go at that backcourt like you do, as I always say, Jarvis, it'll be random dude like mm-hmm. David Roddy or Tyson Tyus Jones. And it's like, who are you, Luke? My man with the fro
0: for the Pacers. I can't even remember his name. Starts with him. The funniest ooh. thing.
1: Everybody said the same thing. 25 points in the quarter. Team. 25 points in <laughs> the, 25 in the second quarter. Oh, yes. God. In the quarter, which means, yeah, who are you? And it's always that. You know that's my favorite phrase, random dude. Random Random. dude's coming for them. And that's the other piece. And that's the other piece where we're going to segue from the bad into the good. But the bad is that everybody knows that, hey, even if we're not hitting from the perimeter, keep shooting. Keep shooting. Because the Hawks, they're not going to be able to guard you. And And whether you think, Jarvis, that it's a cannot or will not. The results the same when the the when the grizzlies are out here shooting what darn near 43 percent from three That's i hard. mean 13 for
0: absolutely no uh, yeah
1: 13 <laughs> for 30 I think it, yeah it was absolutely something actually slightly higher than that because they shot like 39 percent. excuse me uh, from the three-point line, that's because you know that you can attack there. But someplace where they couldn't attack as much was inside. And that was particularly because of what we saw from Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongu. They came out so assertive, so aggressive last night. And I absolutely loved it because, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been a beast this entire season. Yes. And he still got his, don't get me wrong, still got 15 points. But we're talking about somebody that can get multiple like blocks and someone who could get a double double on you in a heartbeat he only had 15 points and the reason i say only is because that's below his season average he only had seven rebounds right and so that's below his average as well so that's when you start looking at it and you say to yourself okay those bigs hung with those bigs and dylan brooks although he's technically you know not the he's, he's a forward but still you held him to six points and Xavier Tillman, hey, 15 points, but you also only held him to eight rebounds. Now flip it, and you're talking about CC and Double O getting, uh, I believe it's 15 and 13 points respectively. You're talking about both of them having double-digit rebounds. You're talking about CC with four blocks, Double O with one, and Jarvis. For me, that was the takeaway. The fact that that's how you were able to dominate with points in the paint. That's how you were able to really dominate with second chance points. And you got to the you got to the bucket because you had 22 of 26 free throws.
0: Yeah, T, you talking about 31 points and, and, what, 27 rebounds combined from the center position? Like, come on, what more can you ask for in today's game? You know what yes. I mean? So, you know, when centers are pretty much obsolete unless you're out there sh- um, shooting it from half court, you know, um, from behind the line, three-point line. So all of those things kind of like – makes me like very excited about you know Clint Capella because you know there have been some conversations and I even thought about it as well. I was like, well maybe they should move on from Clint. But nah Clint said, no, nah, I'm still here. And 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 I think ayeka is is in a space where he's getting ready to go into that contract guarantee. So I think you're yeah. gonna have to figure out what you're gonna do with Do with O, and I think that you know you're gonna have to lean towards you know potentially paying this due and figuring out somewhere else to cut (laughs) or where else to kind of subtract by addition, you know what I mean? Addition by subtraction, excuse me. Mm -hmm. So I think all (laughs) those things kind of are in play when it comes to the Hawks because, like, as we come down through these last few games of the season, I really wholeheartedly believe that there is a lot of evaluations going on on the court and off the court, so we will definitely kind of see what this team looks like too. And one more quick thing I wanted to bring up to you. You know, Trey is a Cinderella, what, 15 technical files? <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's something to keep an eye on because we know once you get that 16th one, that's
1: gonna be got to sit down for a whole game. Yeah. So
0: I th- this is gonna be going to be very interesting to see how 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 this thing plays out.
1: Yeah, because we are talking about quite a brutal stretch. It is the second hardest schedule for the remaining games in the entirety of the NBA. And when you're talking about a team that's sitting in eighth place, but sitting there tied with the Raptors now, granted, the good news is they actually will get the tiebreaker this year against the Raptors versus say last year, but you've got the Cavs coming in tomorrow night and they are hot. Still you go into Brooklyn And thankfully, there's at least a couple days of of breathing space, right? But then you're coming back and you're going to take on the Mavs. Well, the Mavs kind of look like you. Sometimes they're up. Sometimes they're down. But you got to go to the Bulls. you got to go to Chicago. Then you've got the Wizards. And they played you hard all year. And then you've got the Sixers. And then you wrap up at Boston. I mean, at this point, Jarvis, the bigger question may be, my goodness. um, So how about that 10th spot? Wow. It
0: the one thing I can say about the Hawks, like the thing about that is, like that will mean that you will probably have to go on a nice little losing streak, and Toronto will probably have to go on a nice little winning streak. And given how both of these teams have played, they don't, you know, they they're not going to win a a a lot in a row, and they're not going to lose a lot in a row because they've just been consistently average. And I think mm-hmm. that I don't see it happening, but. Ask me, would I be surprised if it did? (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because Chicago is lucky, And that's that other piece. Yes, they are all kind of bottom dwellers right now. And everybody is just, it's just a toss up. And it may just come down to scheduling. It really just may come down to whose schedule is the easiest. But if that's something that stresses you out and you feel like you just need a break or you need some way to get rid of your Hawks stress that comes up every other day, then you probably want to get a bill Bar. That's a good look for you because it's still March Madness as well. And I'm sure March Madness, probably a couple of weeks ago, more than anything, Jarvis, when it started, probably stressed everybody out. I think the crazy results that you got this past weekend, they don't even stress folks out anymore. So yeah. you might as well That's have great. fun if you can't. Right. It's like expected. Sure. A five, a five, a nine, a four. Of course. Well, The March Madness bracket is here too. You can still hang out on the built.com website and check it out. In fact, it's builtmarchmadness.com. That's where you can vote for your favorite bar, your favorite puff. Cookie dough is what it is for me. But hey, do you. Vote for whatever bar you want or whatever puff you want. And when you vote for your favorite bar or your favorite puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Good luck again. But there's more. Not only that, one locked on fan. When's a 12-month subscription to Built to Have? Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. So don't forget, it is goodness all wrapped in a package deal. Good protein, not good calories, but good calories because you don't have a lot. So it's Built BuiltMarchMadness.com.
0: Absolutely. Locked On Sports Atlanta family. Listen up, man. Let me tell y'all something. We are on our way to six thousand subscribers man y'all make sure y'all jump on board if you're sitting here listening and or watching this doggone thing make sure you subscribe or download an extra podcast because hey we're trying to get the word out about what we got going on right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta we're doing big things so get with the big program so you become part of this big family But, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different, T. How about this? One of my favorite baseball players of all time, the guy that introduced me to baseball, the guy that made me feel like I can do this doggone thing, the kid, Ken Griffith Jr., T. How about this? This man is going to be in the top five highest paid players for the Cincinnati Reds. In 2023, <laughs> this is unreal. <laughs> that is so unreal, right? He's going to be making 3.59 million T, and this is coming from a contract extension that he had with the Reds back in 2000. That was a very long time ago, and I'm not going to even say date myself as as what I was doing in the year 2000. But when you think about that T, like. 'Cause you know all Bobby Bonilla, we know yep, the check. Yeah, <laughs> <You know on. laughs> I mean? like, Ken Griffey said, Hold
1: my beard, three point five nine mil t. Come on now. What is that? Let's go. Right. That is unbelievable. Because with Bobby Bonilla, you got the Mets, the Orioles, they pay him five hundred a year. He still has six more years on that. But <sighs> Ken Griffey Jr. That's retirement like, do right. Like to you, yes. Kick your feet up and just oh, another check. Wow. There's <laughs> another check woo another check. That is so funny to me, but that's baseball. That is baseball for you to have that kind of deferred compensation. We always think about all of the kind of moving parts of deferred compensation in the NFL because you hear it more often than not in the NFL when you're restructuring contract because maybe you want to get Lamar Jackson. But this is unprecedented. All these years we've been talking about Bobby Bonilla and how he's just making money hand over fist. With his feet kicked up, congrats, King Griffey Jr. You have now joined the Bobby Bonilla club.
0: Absolutely. Speaking of uh the Mets, how about this, T? Oh. Let me ask you this: Would you pay twenty five thousand dollars for a seat for the New York Mets?
1: Twenty five k to watch the Mets gonna met? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and you watch you met. No. Right. What I will pay for is the Braves. I pay for a seat for the Braves. I pay for a seat for the Dodgers. I pay for a seat for the Yankees. That's probably where that's going to stop. But the Mets, do you know how mad, like what if, you? what if they do what they did last year and you pay for that seat? Ooh. Oh my God. You would probably have somebody's head on a swivel. You would have somebody's head. Yeah. So no Mets. I think you're getting ahead of yourselves. And granted, you have another and roster and it looks like you're going to be just as competitive this year as you were last year and maybe even get over the hump of what happened to you in the postseason. But I don't think you're in $25,000 seat territory.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mets. Um, yeah, forget about that. I, y'all already know what my answer is. Hell no. I ain't nowhere in the world I'm paying 25k. If I even had it to pay T, I True. would not be paying that too to those people. They will not be getting my money. Steve Cohen, you uh you need to continue to pay those salaries, bro, because guess what? We already know what time it is. You just trying to get some of that money back. I get it. Oh man. Oh yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, T, before we get out of here, you know we always, you know, give the peop gotta get the people to shout out. Who we run into the streets when we out and about trying to do our thing. So uh tell me about uh, uh Mr Brandon here that you said that uh approached you while you were at the gym?
1: What? Yeah, I was getting my workout on yesterday and someone walks up to me and says, hey, are you on YouTube? And I'm thinking, okay, two days ago, someone had asked me if I'm on IG, what is this? So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, was <laughs> exactly. And for what reason? So I said, yes. And I go, and why But for? And he says, oh, he says, I really appreciate your content. You do a great job and we, I love your show. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And so I just want to thank Brandon and all of our supporters, but particularly Brandon for coming over to personally say that he's a supporter of this podcast. And we just ask you to keep supporting and tell a friend to drop by too, because hey, they might like the content as well.
0: And also, yeah, we just want to say thank Brandon and all of you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. But how about this? Go check out Locked On Sports today and make it your second listen of the day. They are free and available wherever you download this podcast. And last but not least, before we get out of here, I want to make sure you guys make sure that you share love, show love, And most importantly, spread love.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.